Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Di Foster. And today on the show, we are once again joined by Di Foster, who is an investor and leadership coach. And today we're specifically going to be talking about women and money. Uh, and I think this is really important. Before uh, we, we committed, I suppose, or set the date for uh, recording these shows, Di sent me a couple of stats around the differences between men and women and how they manage uh, money and how they set themselves up for retirement. And actually, that's significant, Di. They're awful. They're not good. They're not good. Oh, you know, some of the ones that we've got here, uh, and this is particularly uh, pertinent to to the things we talk about on the show, is that women retire on 50% less than men. 50%. 50%. Horrifying. Now, these stats are out of Australia, but I imagine that they are exactly the same for, for over this side of the ditch. I'd believe that, believe that as well. Um, a third of women retire in poverty. Shocking, isn't it? What's driving these things? Well, the, the, the third statistic that I was absolutely horrified at was that the fastest growing homeless demographic is 55-year-old and over woman. And I think that there's... I think there's three things that drive this, or actually four. The first is we do have a gender pay gap. Shock, horror, but it's there. The second thing is is that we have a family pay gap. And by that what I mean is that women are more likely to leave employment to stay at home and look after the children. So they take out something like, I don't know what the, statistically, I don't know what it is, but through at least five to ten years, quite often and when they do return to work they are often go back to work in a part-time and not full-time positions and I think the fourth thing that adds to this just from my own observation is that women very rarely talk about investing and long-term wealth creation for some strange reason and I feel reasonably qualified to talk about this because it's an observation and I am a woman and I do have conversations with women is that we we just don't we, we somehow attach our finances to our relationships. <sighs> Not the best piece of advice, I don't I don't think. So from my observation is that women generally don't think about themselves being financially independent and having financial wealth, but they they, they somehow equate it to being in a relationship and, and kind of it being okay with that side of things, which which just isn't how it is these days. Can I ask you a question which might sound really stupid, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do, do women tend to, you know, we've talked about that women don't tend to, uh, from your experience or from your observation, um, talk about investing. Do women sit around and talk about business as well, about how business is going and, and things like that? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> They talk a lot about shoes sometimes, which is just not that interesting. Oh, just so saying. do men. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> I know some of the boys that you work with, and I can imagine that's the case. But um, some groups do. I think that it depends on on the style of friendships that you have, um, and and sort of what what drives the individual person. Some do. Some just don't. And I guess. For me personally, I probably have less friendships that talk about shoes and way more friendships that talk about business these days. 
that's just where my preference lies or talk about investing or yes. just things that matter to us. That's self-selecting in that case, I I'm can imagine. I'm very self-selecting. But I, I also <laughs> think that this, this can potentially play into, um, I'm quite involved with the governance community uh, and the Institute of Directors and they, and what's often said about one of the reasons why we don't have as, as many female directors is because it's all who you know generally within within the director community. Uh, it's often said that women don't tend to do things like join clubs, squash clubs, uh, private members clubs, those those sorts of things, and the sa- or golf clubs in the same uh, in the same proportions. And because it's not that because of that, um, if, because fewer women do that, they don't tend to build those kind of clubby relationships, yeah. uh, and and therefore perhaps you don't talk about investing or you don't talk about business and some of these things. And it's interesting because there's a huge drive towards um, women's networking groups, and a lot of them are around mothers and business and things like that. But there's equally now coming along um, other networking groups that are just more focused on business. But what what we tend to do, though, is we tend to gravitate towards either sort of that mum mum group or we just tend to, to gravitate towards men and women networking groups. Well, let's talk about one of those groups. I've got a friend, uh, Alexandra Lipsky, who runs Closing the Gap, which is uh, an organisation that's attempting to, to shed some light on this and get more women uh, investing. And there's a great stat on their website which says that, look, globally, 30% of women are financially literate. Now that's compared to 35% of men. Now you might think that um, that gosh, isn't it surprising that that only thirty percent of women are financially literate or thirty five percent of men? I think you've got to put that in context of the whole globe because there's probably a lot of people in developing countries that that you wouldn't expect that they'd be financially literate. But if you took those stats, that difference, and applied it to New Zealand, you know, where where far more 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 people you'd expect would be financially literate, you'd see that gap being larger proportionately, right? The statistic out of Australia, I believe, is 25% less. So women have a 25% less literacy around financial information than men. And is that just because the guys tend to do the the finances, if we can be really stereotypical? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing because not for me personally. You know, I've always taken a great deal of interest not only in my own finances but in our family's finances and as we've talked about on previous podcasts, I get really interested in everyone else's finances around me to make sure that they're kind of thinking about it going forward. But if you don't have... I think for me that came from the fact that my father talked about it with me from a very, very young age. So unless we start these conversations regardless of whether you know, we've got daughters or sons, I think that's where it starts. What are the other interesting stats that, are, that I've read from Closing the Gap is that uh, women also have a bit of a gap because they tend to invest more conservatively uh, than men and therefore if you're investing in more conservative say stocks or investment classes would expect them to to get less benefit from compounding interest so not only do you have that gender pay gap is then compounded by the sorts of uh, assets that you're you've invested in which is potentially why property because because it's leveraged leveraged property um can, can potentially be a way to turn this around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other part to that also is that women tend to be more ethical investors, so they want to see sustainability and ethics brought into it, and I think that's another reason why property just absolutely fits that gap. 
you know, because it is about providing homes and it's about doing a nice job and all of that sort of thing, if, if you look at it that way, rather than just investing, you know, but with the leverage factor, it can be, you know, economically, it's, it's a fantastic way to go. So more women should be buying property and buying it by themselves. Absolutely. Don't even start me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is re- really important because, you know, we often talk about um, retirement gaps uh, on this show. And if, you know, if these stats hold in New Zealand, you know, then it, we would suggest that more women should be buying, you know, buying property, being interested in it. And, you know, even if I can apply my own um, my own observations, you know, when I think about some of the, the, the guys that I hang around with, you know, I've kind of bullied them into buying property as well <laughs> and saying, you know, do, do you own investment property? No. Well, you should. You know, yeah. there's a great reason why you should. My flatmate should buy a property. Yeah, I haven't told him that yet, but uh, he's he's got to get get bullied <laughs> into it as well, um, because I think that um, I, I don't know if there, there's the the you know w- what that sort of difference is. Never having been a woman myself, but um, <laughs> Andrew's going to love that quote. Yeah, Lord, um, love it. I'm not saying anything, <laughs> Andrew. Um, but. Uh, you know, I what I do know is that my guy friends do tend to bully each other into you know into investing or you know or talking about property or business and you know talking about how 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 you could grow your business or whatever it happens to be so you can get into a, a, a better financial position, I guess. Yeah, I think it's I think an observation for me would be women women find it difficult or don't want to or whatever the reason is or are more likely to attach emotion to things or how they feel about things and so I think that sometimes we make it difficult for ourselves because you know we kind of maybe we have this perception that you know it'll be more fun if we do it with our partner or we have a partner to buy property with and all of that sort of thing we're actually in reality you know if we're starting early then we're gaining some confidence by just doing some stuff for ourselves to to you know, to, to back ourselves. And I think that that's a big part of it. But I think my observation of women would be that, you know, we do we do attach feelings and emotions to things, and I guess I can say this, um, without sometimes looking at the card, hard, cold facts of, you know, finance and just having those conversations. Because I don't think, I don't think as a whole we do bully each other into into you know, buying property and things like that. Although I do take it as a great tip and I might just start doing that. I was going to say, so the takeaways from this season is women buy, go out and buy some property. <laughs> um, and, you know, and and it's, it's this theme we keep coming back to on the show as you talk about it. You know, we know that in New Zealand there is this real culture generally of... of not talking as openly about your finances. But there's no real reason not to. Because if we all believe that 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 money doesn't make you a better person or a smarter person or, or or a better person, then why not talk about it? What are we What are we holding on to? Oh, it's such an interesting topic, Ed. I just you're absolutely right. You know, even just talking and disclosing some of the things that we've talked about in the last few episodes, a little bit of me goes, oh, you know, because it's like, oh, we don't really talk about this openly. I'm not sure how Steve's going to feel it, but I'm sure I'll find out. Um, but you know, why don't we talk about it? Why don't we have the conversation? You know, because. It's not an easy thing to get into property these days, and it's certainly a lot harder than it used to be. So if we're not talking about it and encouraging people and discussing the risks and increasing our financial literacy consistently, then, you know, it just... 
as you say, it, it, it's going to lead to a difficult place and less freedom as far as I can see anyway. Fantastic. Well, let's wrap it, wrap it up there. I think we could go on for, for another 10, 11 minutes. But, uh, thanks for coming along and, and being on the show, Di. I really appreciate you joining us for these last five episodes. I think they're fantastic and people are going to get a lot uh, out of them. So I really appreciate that. No problem, Ed. A pleasure. And of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. really helps uh, get, get the message out to more New Zealanders. Talk about it with your friends and family, obviously, as well. Uh, now, that, now that you're convinced uh, that talking about finance and personal finance is a good thing. And of course, if you want to learn more about property, we do have what we call the Epic Guide to Property Investment. It's a 16,000-word guide to investing in property within New Zealand. We talk about the different strategies. We talk about the benefits and risks and who you need to be uh, guiding you along the path. Pathway. So check that out at opespartners.co.nz. That's O-P-E-S partners.co.nz. Hey, thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Di Foster. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily insights, strategies and tactics to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.